we go. Sean, thank you for being here. Thank you for coming down on the show today. Um, you know, like I just said, I really don't like doing introductions at all. So one thing I always hated was that in interviews was the first question you always get was, hey, tell us about yourself, you know? So I got to throw that on you, even though I hate it. At least give everyone a little bit of a snapshot of who you are and your background. And, and then we just kind of go from there. Mm. Yeah. So um, right now, what I, what I got going on is um, uh, I teach yoga. I teach meditation. Um, I have four kids, live in Pittsburgh. And I am a, uh, I guess you could say, uh, former NFL kicker turned uh, mindfulness teacher. Uh, I had, I had a lot of injuries playing football and also not just physical, but, um, you know, some mental struggles and that's what, what got me into yoga and I enjoyed it so much and it, it helped me so much that that's, that's what I love to do now to, to, to give back and, and, uh, you know, hopefully it helps some other people. So, all right, let's, let's go back a little bit here. So you're a football, you obviously just said you're an NFL, uh, kicker. Right. 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 So, and you had some injuries and stuff and then afterwards you got into yoga or was it before then or. Yeah. Yeah. It was after. So, so I played in the NFL in the early nineties. So yoga really wasn't on the scene yet. Well, it was on the scene, but it was on like, uh, you know, it was considered crunchy granola really out there. And the NFL at the time, the way you trained was, was hardcore. There was, you know, there was, there was nothing like for your mind. There was no, uh, uh, nothing that was really restorative. My wife, actually, she was, she was a yoga pioneer. You could say, cause she was already into yoga when I was in the NFL in the early nineties. And she kept saying like, Hey, you need to do yoga for your back. But I just, I just didn't listen to her because it just seemed so, uh, foreign for me. Cause that's, you know, all the, the trainers that I work with in college in the NFL, like that's, that's not what you did. You kept pushing, you did stuff that was, you know, that was hard and nothing that was really balanced. So yeah, I, I got into yoga and meditation actually when I just, I felt like I had, I had nothing to lose. My career ended, uh, prematurely from, from overuse, um, of my body, just to, just training too hard. And I tried all these different ways to, to heal my back, but nothing worked other than, than, uh, yoga was like my last gasp. And then, and then, uh, yeah, I, I, I healed my back from that. So, all right. So overuse, uh, when did you start playing football? I mean, peewee. Uh, yeah. So I, I started kicking when I was eight years old, I, I, I got into like punt pass and kick competitions. I, I played multiple sports, um, but, uh, I just, I kicked a lot. I, you know, I, I didn't kick that much like in, like in middle school and, and not even really that much in high school where it caught up to me was around my junior year in college. When I knew I just had a couple more years to, uh, to shine, you know, in front of like NFL scouts. Cause you know, this, this, this was it. Um, and that's when I really started to kick my training into overdrive where I would sometimes like go to the field with like a notebook and I would have it already like pre-filled out, like how many kicks I would kick that day. Like, uh, like a hundred, you know, like 20 from this spot, 20 from here. And I would just keep kicking and keep kicking no matter how my leg felt or how my back felt, because I was just, I was very, you know, like hyper-focused. I, I, I was diagnosed with ADD when I was young. So that was part of it. Um, so there was some, a lot of good, you know, that I was able to channel with ADD where I could really drive, but sometimes it was, it was too much if I wasn't aware of what I was doing. <clears throat> so being diagnosed with ADD at that young age, I mean, what did they prescribe you Ritalin or at, back then? I mean, yeah, it was Ritalin then. So it wasn't ADHD then as well. It was, it, yeah. it was, it was ADD and how it was diagnosed back then too. It was, it was, it was, 
it was kind of embarrassing because like you would have to like, you know, I had to go to the office in my school, the principal would have to watch me take the pill. Um, and then after, then after that, then they let me like take the pill, like in, in, in the lunchroom, but then, you know, the kids would make fun of me, you know, like, you know, why do you take that? You know, you got problems. And so there, there, there was a lot of like, I guess you could say like stigma to the whole like ADD. Cause this was, I was diagnosed in the early eighties when it was just starting to take off, you know, it wasn't like, you know, more awareness about it now. So it was, it was a little like, like a, like a new disease you could say at the time or new diagnosis. It's interesting, man. Uh, Cause you know, I, I I read articles and hear things about how it's almost overly diagnosed nowadays and you know, and I don't know if that's true or not. I mean, I've never been, I've, I've always thought I had a sense of it, but I've never been fully diagnosed with it just because I can tell myself that if it doesn't keep my attention for more than five, 10 minutes, I'm already moving on to something else or, or even while I'm doing something that I'm thinking about 10 different things, you know, I mean, was that kind of about what you were dealing with? And Yeah. I mean, I think when, when I was diagnosed with it, this was like, you know, I remember being in the doctor's office with my mom, the doctor, and he basically just told my mom, like, well, this is how we can you know, like your son has a problem. If he takes these pills and then, then he won't have a problem. He'll be, he'll, he'll be fixed. And, you know, this is just working with the mentality, just like the, the pill would fix me. There was no, um, you know, nothing that I could do non-pharmaceutical. Like that seemed to be like, that was like the only way, um, luckily for me. And I didn't really realize this until like later on in life, I realized that like playing sports is actually where I could, I could really manage my ADD when I could like burn off energy. Cause for me, like being in a classroom, just like, just couldn't work. I was like all over the place. I couldn't sit still, but like sports was how I could like, I don't know, I guess you could say like, just like rinse all that busy mind stuff. And so for, you know, I, I it, the kicking is really what helped help me, you know, get through all that. So, you know, when I was, when I was little, you know, me and my friends would get together on the playground. It was always kind of cool. Like, you know, we'd punt the ball or we'd try to do field goal kicks. And this, I was never good at it by any means. And, but just try to kick the ball as high as we could and as far as we could. I mean, that was always fun to me, but uh, you know, we never had soccer either growing up. I mean, but it was just, we never learned any mechanics or anything, but it was just fun. I mean, so, I mean, obviously with you going to the NFL, I mean, it was just, you just dialing in mechanics and just getting the, the, the fundamentals down. Correct. I mean, just, over, you know, training and training and training, like you said, and almost overtraining. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, for me, I, I, I would really help my kickings. I, I also played soccer. So oh, okay. I played, yeah, I started playing soccer like age seven. And, and, and when I was in high school, I decided to actually not play football. And the, the reason why is because I also like other sports. I also like, you know, soccer and basketball, but um, at this time, the NFL was starting to get um, all these kickers were coming like they're like European soccer players becoming kickers. So kickers who also like never played like on a high school team, um, uh, Morton Anderson, who, who, who was like, like my idol at the time, he was like from, uh, uh, uh I believe Denmark. Um, and he, he was kicking. I remember seeing him on TV. I'm thinking, well, Hey, if he can do it, you know, just come from soccer, then I can do it. So that was my game plan. I would just, I would just kick footballs, you know, at nights, weekends at this field down the street from, uh, from my house. And I would just keep doing that. And then eventually I'd walk on to college. And that was, that was my game plan. Wait, so you, you walked on at, you played it for a university, right? Yeah. I, um, I actually, I played for three different colleges because I, because, uh, I went such an unusual route that the first college that I walked onto at the first day of practice, they, they actually told me to leave because they, <laughs> well, they, yeah, they, 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 uh, they, I, 
they, I got there and I'm like, you know, I'm here to play It's division three. So, you know, anyone can like just show up and sure. play and, you know, like you put on some pads and stuff and, and the coach says, Hey, you know what, you know, I, I changed my mind and we don't need you. So this was like maybe the second or third day of school. So, um, you know, I, I transferred out of there as, as, as quickly as I could. Um, and then, then I didn't know what to do, but I got really lucky. There was a school in my hometown, uh, again, university, and they're putting together their first college football team since world war two, I think like since 1945. And so they just wanted anybody. So this was like perfect for me. I just showed up in the, uh, the coach's office told me I want to play football. He said, sure. We just, you know, you know, if you, you can, you, you can put on some cleats, you're on the team. So that was my, that was my big, my big break. Um, but I was kind of like the, um, I guess like the happy Gilmore of kickers. I, 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 because I had no training, you know, from like, or no coaching, I could kick the ball really far. Like I had no problem, like kicking into the end zone and kickoffs, or I could kick like a 60, 65 yard field goal distance wise, but I couldn't kick it straight. So I was there for two years and I was, I believe I was maybe four for 14, something like that. I was like one of the lowest rated kickers in the country. Um, but then, then after that, I, I transferred to pit and, um, worked out for me that I worked my way up from like fifth into depth chart. And I ended up starting having a really good season there. You know, I feel that being a kicker and almost at any level though, is almost a very underrated, underrated position. I hope that's what I'm trying to say is this cause you know, when coaches try to ice the kicker, you know, when you get that pressure on you to, Hey, you got to kick the game when a field goal. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't know if you're still keeping up with football, What didn't the Bengals just win their last two games by field goals. I mean, so, yeah, the the the, the, sl- the 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 last round of the playoffs are all um, last second field goals to like you know take it in overtime. Yeah, it was it was yeah. it was it was unbelievable. Did you have any situations like that? And just what was the what's the mindset like? You know, just- yeah, like that. Like there's a saying for kickers that it's like that it, that it's ninety percent mental, and the other ten percent is also mental. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. Especially when you get to that level of like you know like Division One football, you know or and or the nfl like you, know, you obviously have like the physical tools because you've been through all the tryouts and everything you, you know you, you can kick the ball in the end zone on your kickoffs you can you can make a high percentage of field goals it's it's just the mentality and then the biggest challenge is 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 the bounce back like you, you know any kicker if you know they made four or five in a row they can feel really good about themselves about themselves but it's it's the kickers who who miss a kick who are now worried about missing that second kick and they bounce back and, and keep their head on straight to, to stay in it. And that's, you know, that's usually the biggest downfall for kickers. You don't last very long in the NFL is they just have, they have a, they struggle coming back. And it's, it's certainly not easy at that level, but that's, that's, that's what can do in a kicker. Well, I mean, is it also true that, you know, that if an NFL, even a college kicker, I think that ESPN's reported a few times that even if they miss a decent, I mean, not a decent kick, but if they miss a sub, game winning kick or whatever they've received death threats from. Oh, absolutely. Oh yeah. 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 I see that a lot. Like, I mean, I, I still like follow kickers. And I root for like every kicker. Cause I, I don't, I don't want to see that, but yeah, I've, I've seen multiple times happens a lot in college. Uh, yeah. Like you said, and like their Twitter will blow up and it'll be death threats. And then some of these kickers who, you know, have the potential to go into the NFL. A lot of them have a hard time ever recovering from that. Yep. You know, we'll jump over to the yoga and, stuff a little bit later but i can't I, i'm so kind of curious just because i think you're one of the first professional athletes i've ever really talked to but um you know i mean was it what was your goal was your goal always to go hey i want to be an nfl kicker or was it just say hey, i'll just see how far this takes me or yeah, yeah it was it was the first one i i i from a very young age you know my my father was was a really good athlete he, he was like all state 
baseball, basketball track. And, um, so our house, like sports was like on all the time. Um, Saturdays was college football. Sunday was the NFL. Um, so always talking football with my dad. So I wanted to be an athlete just like him. And so like at a very young age, I wanted to be, my dream was always to be in the NFL. So I think that's why when, you know, I had the setback of like, you know, the first college team, you know, saying no, struggling at the second place. I was, I was so determined to make it. That was always, you know, my, like, I, I always thought, man, if I make it in the NFL, like then, then I've made it in life and, and, and that's it. So like, um, that's another reason why I drove myself so hard and eventually like overtrained my body because I was just so determined on, I'd never really like thought to like, you know, think about this like long-term. So, um, yeah, so it, it was something I always thought I could be and that that's what made the struggle really hard for, for me. And, and for a lot of like athletes as well as like when, when my career ended, it wasn't on my own terms. It was, it was due to an injury. So I had a hard time like shifting to, to what's next. What was the injury? If you don't mind me asking that. Yeah. So it, what happened was my, my hip flexor on my kicking leg, my right leg, it, it, it degenerated. I was, it was my third NFL stop. I was with the New York jets and we we're having, um, having a, having a practice. And uh, at the time the, the kickoff was at the 30 yard line and you're expected to kick it to, to the goal line or deeper. And my kickoffs were laying around the five and on the eight around the three, they weren't going the end zone because I just, my leg strength was just starting to, to dissipate. This was happening for a while. So I thought, you know, if I just continue like this, they're, they're going to cut me because I'm not kicking at NFL level. So I thought I have nothing to lose. I'm going to go see the trainer. And then I went and saw the the team physician with the jets and he started poking around at my, my red hip flexor. And he was like down there for like a couple minutes and like going, Hmm, hmm. you know, like, so I knew something was up and he says, your, your right hip flexor is like gone. Like it's degenerated. And so like what happened was it was just, you know, overuse that, that muscle there just, just had nothing left. He says it was just like a little, you know, the muscle, there wasn't much left to it. So he was like, there's nothing you could do. It's not going to grow back. Like you've, you've, you've destroyed it. <laughs> is, that, is that a common injury among kickers? Uh, it, only, only common amongst, amongst ones who, who train really hard, you know, okay. nowadays because there's like more advances in, in training and like a lot of colleges have, have like, you know, they're bringing yoga teachers. They have, um, you know, they, 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 they don't, they don't push them as hard in the off season. Like they used to, they, they're open to bring in, uh, uh, like more stretching and, and, and more restorative. And so like, it, it's, it's not as, not as common. There's, 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 there's still overuse injuries, but we're actually the, a lot of the overuse injuries now in sports are at young age, you know, cause now you have kids specializing in yeah. sports. Um, you know, like you have kids who are having uh, shoulder issues, like baseball players, like at age 13 overuse. So you, there, there's, there's a lot more overuse at, at an early age and they don't even get to like college level. Some of these, some of these kids, this is, that's what I kind of wanted to ask you is that, <clears throat> so what years were you? So, I mean, we can take it back from your college. Mm -hmm. So what years were you like at Pitt and then what years did you play at uh, NFL through? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so all in the, the, the early nineties. So yeah. So like, like late eighties, early nineties at Pitt and then early nineties, mid nineties, the, the NFL. So I was going to ask that, you know, do you think that if you were to be playing in today's era, I mean, would that help you lengthen your career? I mean, we're, you know, we're like, we're seeing athletes like LeBron James, like right. 36 or whatever else he's at you know, he's playing at that top of his game still. I mean, right. like, athletes are still just progressing with sports science and like, what you right. Mean, Absolutely. You think you'd still be. Yeah. There, yeah. There's so it's, it's changed so much now there's, you know, like 
there's changes even like like nutrition like that's, that's like a big one like um when i was playing it was like oh bulk up bulk up like take all these calories and like you know this this weird way of thinking we in our weight room at pit we had this big um protein shake machine i remember taking all these protein shakes but it was also filled with like all the sugar and stuff like that so so like all that is is gone now so yeah i mean these teams now have like trainers and um, you know, for, for the food and everything. So it, 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 there's, there's, there's so many more opportunities to get some, some better guidance now versus just, you know, you're on your own. So, yeah, I mean, it just amazes me that people are like now just, you know, like I just said earlier, earlier, just playing for X amount of years now, way longer than you would ever see, but it just, like we just said, everything keeps evolving. And, and you said it earlier that, you know, back in the nineties and there nobody wanted to do yoga or hot yoga or anything or take, right. Right. Else. You know, like I've, you know, I, I've read about players drinking beer in the locker room uh, during halftime or even after games and stuff. Right. Smoking cigarettes. I mean, it's, nobody cares about nutrition and taking care of themselves. So. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and then Tom Brady. Um, so when my career ended in like the mid nineties, he got into the league just a couple years after me, but as soon as he got into the league up in Boston, he started doing, doing yoga. And then, you know, he also had that, um, you know, the, those, those, those trainers that were with him around, remember the incident where he had him on the sidelines, the team, like they said, he was a distraction. So he had like a, a personal, uh, I forget what he was, um, an herbalist or something with him, but, but like people like, like there's athletes like, like Tom Brady now and LeBron James, LeBron James does meditation. So like they have so much more that they can use now that I think that that really helps contribute to their, the longevity of their careers. So, I mean, what's the, what's it like playing in the NFL? I mean, is it everything that you thought it would be growing up and, or is it just, you know, like con what you just said earlier, constant pressure, like, Oh, if I don't make this kick this far, I'm going to get cut or, you know, I mean, is it just, you know, is it stressed out your mind or is it actually what people see what on the outside, the money, living it up? Yeah. Yeah. Traveling. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah it, it's, it's a little bit of all of that, you know, you know, my perspective was, you know, from, was, if you look at it, you know, the NFL players, I was like the, in the, probably the 80%, like the guys who just like come and go, I was, I was like a journeyman. So, um, when I got to the Detroit lions, like one of the first things that, that, that hit me just having conversations with the players and so forth. I used to think like watching the NFL that, that everyone, all the players were like so happy, like they made it, this is like their dream come true. But at, at the NFL level, these players have been like, you know, banging their bodies for so many years yeah. that, you know, you, you, you'd be like, if I got a ride home from like one of the veterans from practice, I remember some of the conversations being like the most important thing to them is like, is like their health and family. Like they just wanted to like still be in one piece. And, and, you know, the players wanted to win, but one thing that really hit me is like they, most players, like if you were to like have them take like some truth serum, they would say that far more important to them is, is being healthy at the end of the season versus like winning the Super Bowl. I mean, sure. It's a lot of fun and there's a lot of glory in that, but like, you know, most of these players, like they spend like, like before practice, like you'd have to get there a few hours before, like in the training room looked like a mash unit, you know, with all the, the players in it. And so they spent like more time, like in the training room, um, in many cases than, than they did on the practice field. You know, I, I got this theory. Well, I don't know. I've kind of borrowed it from different people too. So I don't know if it's, I can fully say it's mine, but just with different conversations I've had, but do you think with, you know, just like you said, you know, you're banging your body there and you're taking hits and with CTE protocol that mm -hmm. in the future of the NFL, we might see a shift that more players actually, or not even players, but athletes or younger generations go more towards soccer 
or I mean, I know CTE can be in soccer too, but it just seems more not as relevant, obviously, as the NFL. I mean, right. Yeah, I think it's already happening. I've, I've seen somewhere where they say, you know, like the 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 um, youth participation in, in football has has been steadily declining, yeah. and there's a there's a lot of professional football players out there who who've been outspoken about saying like, you know, you, you probably don't need to play tackle football until you're like high school age at the minimum. Um, which I think is true. I, I you know, football is a sport where, uh, you know, for example, um, you know, Curtis Martin, who's a, uh, NFL hall of fame running back played for the jets. I, I played with him at Pitt. He, he didn't play, uh, high school football till he was a junior. And there, one of the reasons why he, he, he played is because like his gym coach told him, Hey, you should play football. So this, this kid played, he was a kid at the time. He played two years of high school football, played three at the university of Pittsburgh, and he's now like in the NFL hall of fame. So th- the way the sport works, like you really just don't need to, you know, being doing all that tackling, all that hitting at the age. There's a lot of ways for kids can still work on football technique mm-hmm. and, you know, probably not have to be hitting from like age eight, you know, all the way until when they start in high school, that could save six years. Now the, the hitting is not as hard, so I don't know how much it really saves, but um, you know, I think it wouldn't hurt. And I, I think, you know, they they seem to be slowly like giving the players more non-contact practices in the NFL, but the NFL still is looking to make, you know, as much money as they can. They just added a 17th game. There are 17 games in the NFL this year. So these teams that are playing the Super Bowl, what is that? 18, 20 games oh. plus preseason. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I agree. I mean, did you ever, t- I know you've been a kicker, but did you ever have to take any shots or get hit like that or, you know, or anything? Um, I, I got uh, what they call ear hold a couple times, you know, cause you can't, your peripheral vision is not great. Like on a kickoff work, cause I'm the safety. I'd be like the last guy down, but you'd be, I couldn't see it. A couple times I got ear hold where I like flew into like the other team's bench, <laughs> but uh, actually it happened when I was at vision three Gannon. So it wasn't on TV. Luckily I can right nowadays be all over. It'd be all over Twitter. Oh, no, <laughs> and everything. And then plus probably ESPN and everyone else. Oh yeah. Go like, right. Like, 14 different people would have to analyze it and break it. Right. Right. You see it on a bunch of, that's one thing I get tired of sports now. It's just like, you see a play or you see a game or whatever. And then it's just like, okay, we've read read about it for an hour. Let's send it now. But everyone's breaking it down to the smallest. Right. All right. We got it. We figured it out. Yeah. Let's move on Uh, anyway. But all right. So your last day in the NFL, is this when, you know, I know you're an author, you wrote your book and you moved more into the yoga and you became a yoga teacher. I mean, was that, when the shift started to happen, like your last day in the NFL, or is it before? Or yeah, so what I, I teaching yoga meditation came much later. When my career ended, I I, I, I spent a few years uh, like not accepting uh, what happened. Like I said earlier, like I, I didn't go out of my own terms. I felt like I could still play because like my mind was still there. It was just the the, the one injury. So I spent a couple of years just like being really upset, like at my body, regretting like my training and so forth. So I just, I didn't know what to do next. And so I just tried to find ways to, um, I guess like replace this competitive vibe because I I thought that nothing could fill up my life. Like, like football did. So I just kind of bounced around. I I did some sales jobs and, and, you know, when I get these sales jobs, I wanted to be like the, the best salesman. So I was trying to like get really competitive with that, but I was finding that it really wasn't, um, uh, like fulfilling to me, so to speak. And, 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 and then I just started to think more and more about like, 
how much like the yoga helped me physically help how it helped me mentally, emotionally. Um, and so I just, my wife was teaching yoga and she opened up a studio and, and one of the teachers moved out of town and she says, Hey, I, I need you to teach because I don't have any other teachers. And so I started teaching and I've been doing that ever since. And eventually I, I quit my full-time job, which at the time was uh, pharmaceutical sales and, and biotech sales. <laughs> I mean, I mean, what's your, what's your mindset though, that, you know, is it, you know, you can't go out at your own terms and you're told mm-hmm. you're saying, Hey, you can't play anymore. I mean, is that just, you said, I know you were down, but does it just, you were in decline. Like for me, it would just be like, okay, shit. Like, should I go try to find, like you played for what? Three different teams. Is that what you said? Yeah. Three. And then I also played like the world football league. Yeah. So and four. Like, yeah. Oh, I, I, I got to stay at it. I got to stay at it. But is it, or is it just like, man, you did, you tried a W thing. Like I'm going to move on, you know, just. Yeah. I wish, I wish it was the latter, but I was still like, I, I just wouldn't give up. And I, I, you know, and I've talked to other athletes about this who who have gone through the same like, like cycle, um, you know, like first it's like denial, but the, the biggest thing is like, it's just, it, it was like my identity. And for so long, for, for many years, I was like a, like a football player. And then when I was signed by the Detroit lions, my rookie year, I'm like, okay, now this is who I am. I'm an NFL football player. And so yeah. at that point there, I, I just couldn't picture myself like not being in the game. And even though I'd see guys come and go all the time in the NFL, like, you know, the, on the first day of practice from one guy told me like, uh, NFL stands for not for long. And he was right because like, I think there's like a week into training camp. Like I, I remember coming back from practice and the one guy next to me, his, his locker was all cleared out. He was, he was, he was cut, but he, but you never think it's going to be you in some ways. So I always picture myself having this really lengthy career and, and um, playing the super bowl, you know, just like a lot of players think. So like when, when uh, the doctor told me I couldn't, couldn't kick anymore is, is like, that was like my identity. I just didn't know who else I could be. Cause I always equated myself like with being successful in life with being an NFL player. So once that was, was not the case, I had a, it took me, it took me a few years to really, really, really accept that. I mean, what's it like? Does the GM come down and say, <laughs> Hey man, we don't need your services anymore. Or is it. Like so eat, you eat. walk in the locker room and your locker's cleared out. You're like, Oh, okay. I guess I'm it, yeah. So, so, t- so typically they make you clear it out yourself. Cause you, you know, you have pictures in there and all that stuff, but um, uh, th- there's a, there's a guy on every team called the Turk. And what he usually is, is a guy that's like um, maybe like a new coach. Maybe he's like a, like an, like an assistant assistant. Cause, cause nobody wants this job. Cause his job is, is when this player's cut, he has to go to his, 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 his hotel room or his door room. He has to knock on the door and it's just, you, it's you, it, all the teams. It's, it's usually the same. They say, Hey, so-and-so um, coach needs to see you down, down his office. Bring your, bring your playbook. Uh, that, that's all they say. Um, you know, it's just, that's, it's, that's the phrase it's maybe played with a little bit, but it, usually that's all it is. There was um, there, when I was with the, 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 the Colts, there was this guy who um, hid underneath his bed and they tried to cut him, took him like, like two days to cut. Um, you know, I've heard of guys like, you know, like, like hiding in the bathroom. So like, you know, guys <laughs> would, would know like, and they, or, or like you just pretend you're sleeping, you know, but uh, yeah, when, but that's, that's what happened. He'd knock on the door, the Turk. And then, and then that was it. And then you'd go down and you meet the coach, you know, you know, depending on the coach, some of them, you get down there and the head coach wasn't even there and there'd be somebody down there and you'd have to sign your paperwork about like, you know, you release all the stuff for the team. And, um, but, uh, yeah, the only head coach had actually met me when I left was, uh, was with the Colts and he gave me like a half an hour, which is really unusual. Most of the coaches that, you know, they don't, yeah. 
you're just another guy gone. So is that that's just part of the business, right? I mean, Absolutely. Yeah. Just like like you just said, you never know. Like you're 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 always told that you're not going to play. You just don't know when, right? Or when it's going to stop. Exactly. Yeah. So and you know, you just said like hiding in the locker rooms and stuff. It sparked another thought in my head that did you ever have any superstitions? I mean, this might be a little off of a tangent, <laughs> but did you ever have any superstitions when playing? You know, like I know like Michael Jordan would wear uh, his college shorts under his Chicago Bulls uniform when he would play. I mean, did you ever do anything like that? You know, have to wear like a certain shoe or Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I had a shirt that I always wore like, like my, my pit shirt, you know, when I was in NFL, I always wore it. And eventually like the armpits were like, you know, like yellow stain from sweat and they had holes, but I, I didn't care because if I didn't wear that shirt, I'd ha I have a bad day. But, um, you know, I also had like, you know, for kickers, um, I, I, I wore a size, tw I wear a size 12, like regular shoes. So I wore a size 12 on my plant shoe, but my kicking shoe was sometimes a nine and a half or a 10. So, so that's what a lot of kickers do. I wasn't alone in that, but like, cause you, you, you want it to be like skin tight so that there's no space between, you know, the, 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 the leather and your foot. So it's only, you know, they, I mean, like there used to be barefoot kickers because they had such like a pure foot hitting the ball, but that's crazy, you know, to do, but, but, uh, um, but having a very small shoe gives you about as close to being barefoot as you can also having a shoe. Um, I would also file down my cleats so they would like, wouldn't, um, like catch the grass. So, um, that's interesting. I never heard. That. Yeah. I mean, my shoe, my foot was in pain all game, but like you just got used to it. And, and now like when I go get sized up for shoes, like I'm, I'm actually like a 12, my left and my, my right is like an 11 and a half. I think I might've like shrunk my, my foot a little bit from being really squeezed all that time. I think just a little bit. Right. <laughs> So, all right. So, all right. So you said, when did you start yoga? I mean, was this, I know you said they may have had that uh, later or maybe early in your early days, or was this like afterwards you said, Hey, I'm going to start doing yoga. Yeah. Yeah. I started once my career ended. Um, cause, cause my hip was in such bad shape, but my hip affected my back and I, I have a, I had a hard time, like even walking, um, what happened to me a lot, um, like near then my career is like, I would wake up in the morning. I, 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 I couldn't get out of bed. My whole back would like lock up and I would have to like crawl off the bed, uh, just roll off the bed. And I'd have to crawl my hands and knees to get to the bathroom. This, this went on and off for, for a few years. Um, so that, that was at the point where I decided, Hey, I, I have to try yoga. And my, 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 wife was teaching all the time. And then she started to, I started to practice with her and probably within about four or five months, I, I felt like hundred percent again, I came really? up this crazy, crazy idea to, to make an NFL comeback. But like, once you're out of the league for a couple of years, they're, they're done with you anyways, but I probably physically could have played at that point. I mean, you know, you're talking about all the pains, you know, and I forgot which, uh, I think it was one of the 30 for thirties I was watching one time and it was like, uh, I forgot which at who was saying it, but anyway, they were saying they couldn't even get out of the bed in the morning without popping like eight Advil or something. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's like you were in that type of pain. I mean, oh yeah. 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 So there was, um, I, I would typically have to, um, uh, for the last couple of years of my career, I would have to take, um, muscle relaxant relaxants because my, my back would get so locked up, um, that, I always worried like during the game, I'd have like back spasms. So I, I needed to, to be relaxed. And that was always really hard because we're like, when I would play with all those muscle relaxants in, in my body, I'd, I'd get, I'd be sleepy. So sometimes during the game, I'd be like, you know, um, uh, fighting that. I also took like, um, like, uh, 800 milligram Advil and some other painkillers just to, just to get through it. But you know, while it was all happening, I, I never thought twice about it. Cause 
you know, that that's how it went. Like you, you, you go in the training room with all the other players and you'd get all this treatment and you take pills or whatever. And you just, you just played through the pain. Um, you know, mine was different because like a lot of the players, their injuries were from being hit. Mine was from just overtraining, but it's something that I would have caught earlier, been more aware of, I probably could have alleviated. So, you know, you went like your first yoga class and you kept doing it. You finally noticed, started seeing the results like, oh, my body's feeling better. And you just that's when you started to get certified in it. And that's just what kept it going to kept the party going. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just became really sold on it. And um, uh, there wasn't like many yoga trainings at the time. So actually, my first training was my wife. She just she just trained me in, in, in our living room. Um, and, uh, yeah, then, and then she opened a studio. She, she was actually the first yoga studio in all of Pittsburgh. So it was, it was, it was, it was just like the, like, just yoga was like really brand new at the time. So, um, yeah, so I, I just taught it and I loved it because I just, I, I figured if it, if it fixed my back, you know, it's got to work for people. But also I think because I was so resistant to yoga too, that I thought it was, it was really good for me to be teaching because if, if I was teaching yoga, maybe I would also get some more people who are, who would show up, be resistant and kind of just feed off that energy. I mean, I've done a couple of yoga classes, you know, I work at a local university here and I used to work in a rec center and I would go in there and just participate in the yoga sessions. And, you know, it's, you know, very relaxing. It's just like, you know, I could feel myself like, Ooh, just my body feels better after, after doing a couple of the stretches and stuff. And, you know, I don't know if I told you earlier, but I, I train CrossFit about six days mm. a week and coach and try to compete too. And it's just like, Oh, okay. There is something to this. I haven't tried hot yoga yet, but here that's a different uh, level, but it's something I kind of, want to try though i mean is that do you do any of the hot yoga stuff or is it just yeah, yeah we actually do we do we do hot power yoga so it's a, it's um uh it's a very physical style i mean there's all different types of yoga there's ones where you just you know lie down restorative which is great too but my wife and i um she was a dancer so we both had like athletic backgrounds so that's why we got into the the power yoga the hot yoga just because for us we found um, it just really would help us because we're, we're, we're pretty busy and, um, with our backgrounds like that, we, we needed a yoga that would just, uh, that would really challenge us and then, and then help us relax that way. Like for us, like our, our entry into yoga, just, just lying down, we, we wouldn't, we wouldn't buy into that. We'd be too impatient, you know, probably that that probably is a better style for us to do, but like just for, for, for us being active, it, it, it made more sense. So, yeah. And then what's nice about the heat too, is, um, it has like a restorative quality to it. You don't, you don't have to work as hard and cause it also helps like relax the muscles. So for me, like therapeutically, I think that's, that also really helped, you know, I'm be, you know, coaching CrossFit as much. Well, I mean, I coach a few classes this week, but I always get, you know, from people who haven't tried it, that it's like, Oh, I can never do that. Or, you know, I, maybe I should get in shape before I do CrossFit. I mean, right. Right. I mean, what, what is your advice for people? I mean, do you ever get that for, for yoga people? I mean, do they ever yeah. say, uh, no, I can't do those type of poses or stretches. Exactly. Right. Oh I mean, yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. The, the, um, you know, the biggest excuse is like, um, you know, I'm not flexible, so I'm not going to do yoga, but if you yeah. do yoga, it'll help you get flexible or, you know, I'm not going to do yoga cause I'm not good at it, but well, you know, if you do yoga, it's really not about being good at it, but like, you'll, you'll get the hang of it. So there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of excuses for it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think it's the same thing. And, and what I always say to people who are new, new to yoga is, is, you know, like anything, like give it like take five or 10 classes at least, yeah. um, before giving up because like the first class is, 
I mean, I remember like the first time I went golfing, I shot like 160, like a nine hole golf course, because I had no idea what I was doing. And why would I, I remember being frustrated, but like, why, you know, I don't know why I was frustrated. I'd never done it before, but that happens in yoga too. Like people are really frustrated because they don't know the poses, but you know, you're not supposed to know the poses right away, but eventually you will. And then it's, it's not as difficult and overwhelming. Well, it's probably, I mean, who you're learning yoga too from. I mean, if you have a good teacher and stuff exactly they'll kind of throw you to the walls and say yeah go in here and do crow pose right right <laughs> right 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 which right. i can remember off the top of my head but yeah i mean then that kind of you know it mean accustomate somebody to okay yeah okay just little by little right right better and better at it right so right no 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 the teacher is key because if the if the environment is you know you know is right and you know you, you don't feel like you're you know doing it wrong then yeah that that makes a huge difference so I feel like I already know the answer to this question, but I mean, through your life experience, you know, through your NFL career, your college career, through the yoga, is that what inspired you to get the book, you know, flowing, get the book going? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So it, what was happening was I, I just thought I'd start to write about, um, you, you know, yoga and meditation and um uh, my, my, you know, like my, my football career. And, but what happened was when I started writing it, um, you know, the editor said, Hey, you, why don't you just focus more on the, on the NFL because, and, and your story there, because that, that makes a lot more sense in terms of like, you know, what people can relate to, um, versus like, you know, this is how you do yoga, this is how you do meditation. So that's what eventually the book, you know, ended up being is just, just my story. Um, my ups and downs. I talk a lot about, um, uh, you know, growing up with, with, with ADD and managing that. So, so the, the, the hope of the book was just, you know, anyone who reads it can find some part of the story that they can relate to. And I also, you know, wrote a lot about, um, you know, just the end of my career too, because that I felt as if like, um, you know, hopefully a lot of people can relate to all of a sudden thinking you have life worked out and this is how it's going to go. And this, this is, this is when I'm going to be happy, how, when this goes and all of a sudden it, that's not how it goes, but there's, there's still, life beyond that. And, and how I came up with the title of, um, there's, it, it's the, called the point after, um, how one resilient kicker learned there was more to life in the NFL. When, when I was in the NFL with the, um, uh, Detroit lions, uh, I was playing with Barry Sanders. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we were, we were playing the Dallas Cowboys in London for an exhibition game. And I was, I was a rookie doing what rookies do. And, 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 in um, I came back from the hotel around three o'clock. I was out, out in some pubs with some other rookies and I came stumbling into the, um, into the lobby and there's Barry Sanders and he's just sitting there reading like a, I don't know, like a Stephen King novel or something like that. And I sat down next to him because him and I somehow uh, became friendly during training camp. He, he asked me, it was like second or third day of training camp. He asked me to, uh, to play catch. And so that, that was like our tradition every day before practice, he, nice. we would play, play catch. You had to warm up. So um, we had like a talking relationship and I just, we were, um, I was speaking to him about, Hey, in a few weeks was like the first cut down, like, you know, NFL rosters, they go from 80 to 60 and they keep going down. And I told him I was worried about that. And he said, Hey, um, one thing you need to remember during the while you're playing the NFL is that there's more to life than the NFL. And I remember when he told me this, I actually didn't believe him because I thought, well, there's, there's no more, this is it. Like, this is, this is what life's all about being in NFL. But of course he was right. It took me about five years to, 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 to believe that, but he, he was a rare player who, he was maybe 26, 27th, who had already, and he would end up retiring early in the NFL. I think he already had some balance, you know, so he must've got some mentor along the way or just himself. He, he realized this, but that, that was rare because most players never really looked at the, like at the way he did. Most players were, you know, like me, were like this, this, this is it. This is everything. 
Yeah, I mean, it sounds like what you just said, like he had that balance. Like who was it else? Like Calvin Johnson. I think he retired early. Barry, mm-hmm. You just said Barry Sanders. Yeah, it's rare when it happens when someone retires early. Like, whoa, like he retired because it just, it just doesn't happen very much. I mean, that's a really badass memory, though, just to say, hey, I used to play catch with Barry, one of, arguably one of the best running backs ever played the game. Yeah, I mean, he yeah. was just a, an interesting guy because he, you know, I mean, I mean, to hang out with a guy, like a rookie kicker during training camp is is weird, but he just was, you know, someone who just, you know, he just didn't get distracted easy. You know, he just, he, he had like a, like a focus and um, he, he just seemed to always like have it all figured out and um, you know, just, just, just really steady guy. I mean, do you, do you not really, I guess you don't, hmm, how do I want to word this? That based on outside looking in, I mean, you know, like I was talking about those 30 for thirties that or I think there was a broke one and that most athletes are not, they don't have that type of mindset or they don't have it balanced out or they just, they're not looking after NFL. They're just looking at the right now picture. And that's why you yeah. see so many dreaded stories of them going down for lack for a better word, the shithole, you know, just right. ruining their lives. I mean, just, but it's a different type of person and a player just to have that, to sit back and, you know, think about, Oh, you know, there is more to life than just playing football or there's more to life. There's going to be after this. I mean, right. Right. Yeah. And a lot of these players, you know, they, they just don't get that, that, that much support. Um, you know, they apparently, you know, it's getting a little bit better where NFL teams are bringing in financial advisors and so on and so forth. But there's still, you know, most of these guys, like once it's over, like, like that's it. So there's not much preparation and colleges, from what I understand now, are are trying to they're probably doing a lot more from what I understand than the NFL. But that's I think that's the disconnect where there's just not enough um support for these players who you know you know who just do who need that support and now it's what's starting to happen as well as beyond you know the the life after football support but is also the the mental health support you know you couldn't talk about mental health in the nfl five years ago because that was considered weak you know when when um i remember when, when i was struggling with my injury when i was with the colts and i i wanted to take a day off practice and the only way I could do that, I would have to go tell my position coach, the special teams coach, I'd have to ask him if I could take the day off. And I would, I was, I was scared because you just don't do that. Especially like if you, I was like, this is my second year in the NFL. So I was still trying to prove myself. And so like four or five days I was hurting. Do I say something? Do I not? Cause if I say something, he's going to call me a wimp or, but if I don't say anything, I'm going to struggle and my performance is down. So it got to the point where I felt like I had nothing to lose because I was starting to struggle in practice. So I went and I told him and he just told me to suck it up. Yeah. You know, he's like, suck it up. You know, you know, like, you know, like what kind of mentality is that? And so that's how a lot of coaches, you know, thought back then. And some of them still think today. And so that's the struggle for these players. That's why they just they keep pushing and pushing because if they show some weakness, then depending on the coach, you know, they may or may not, um, you know, respect the player's decision about being honest about their, their physical or, or their, their mental challenges. I mean, do you think that's just because of how older and not, you know, I don't older yep. coaches were brought up and then, yep. you know, and that's how they were trained. That's the values. they Exactly. Went and and yeah. what you said, if, if you were, if you said anything about mental health or anything, you, I, you're a sissy, you're a wimp, get off right. the or whatever, go home and cry to mama, you know, but like the, maybe, like we were talking about shifts. I mean, do you see a new trend or shifts maybe with younger coaches yeah. coming in? And like you said, they're actually teams are bringing in more right. psychologists and stuff like that too. Right. And just, yeah. 
Yeah. yeah the, the, there's a shift. Is it, is it where like it needs to be, but it, it doesn't seem like it, but it's, it's definitely moving, moving that direction. And yeah, probably when I played, it was a lot more like old school thinking, but there's still a lot of coaches today who still, you know, but buy into that. But I, I think, you know, it is, it's, it's definitely moving in the right direction, but just probably not just fast, as fast as it could be. You know, I mean, I don't know how, you know, I mean, I'm sure you're still keeping up with the NFL, but like the whole Antonio Brown thing, when he just went haywire right, right there in that half, right. do you think he's got some issues going on like that? I mean, as far as mental health and just, you know, or is he just, you know, is there, is it pre-Madonna? I mean, yeah, it's, it's hard to say, you know, and you know, I, I, you always wonder too about like players with like with CTE, cause you never know till, you know, till, till, till later. And so, you know, it's, 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 it's just hard to say, you know, but, uh, you know, but, but does he have anywhere to go, you know, and to talk to someone about that, you know, probably not. So I, yeah, I don't, I don't know what, what the story is, 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 is with him, but the, I just know a lot of players like, you know, the, the, it is starting to get better. Like um, uh, who is it in the NBA? Ke- Kevin Love is very outspoken about mental health in the NBA. So, but the NBA has always been ahead of the curve of the NFL. The NFL is always like the, the, the slowest to, to, to catch up on, on, on issues like that. But uh, what was uh, it? You think? Is that just because I, I, I think, I think it's ownership, you know, the, the, the way the NFL um, ownership works, they are still, you know, operating with a, um, uh, uh, it's, it's all about the organization first and, 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 and not, and, and the players are expendable still, you yeah. know, I, I, th- I think the NBA is, 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 a, is, 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 is further ahead on all that. Hmm. I never really thought of it like that. I mean, well, I've never really sat down and even looked at it, that point of view, but I mean, I guess you're right about that. I mean, it seems like the NBA seems to be always trying to do bigger things now, as far as, you know, like they're, you know, they went over to China and they're trying to be more global, but I mean, you know, NFL said a couple of games in London, but um, yeah, never really uh, put it into terms like that, that NFL is just kind of being slow to change in their ways as far, but mm. yeah. Yeah. I guess if you got a working, working thing, just if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Maybe that's the mentality. Right. Right. But I don't know. I don't really know where I was going with that point, but uh, I wanted to ask you, I, I wanted to ask you earlier and just something just sparked my mind right there. Just so you know, with COVID and everything that, you know, everyone seemed to take a step back and reset their brains and the batteries and go back to neutral. I mean, was, you know, traveling, you know, as much as you did in the NFL, but you think that took a toll on your body too? Just, uh, you know, just, you know, you're waking up, all right, we got to go to another city. I mean, the next week and then practicing and obviously, but I mean, do you think just the amount of traveling could have, you know, had a big part on you traveling different time zones, especially with your sleep and stuff like that? I mean, how was that, what's that like? Yeah. You know, I actually, I, I love the traveling. That was probably one of the things I, I, I love the most was just, you know, going to new stadiums, new cities, um, new towns. I, I think, you know, what, 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 I don't know if it was like a toll for me, but I know it's, it's for a lot of players is, or, or for kickers, especially is, is like, like there's a saying for kickers, like you're only as good as like your last kick. So that, that's what was, I, I remember like really challenging for me, every time I kicked, whether it was for the NFL team or when I played for NFL Scotland or NFL Europe for Scotland, it was just like every kick, like I, I knew there was a possibility, like this could be the, the end of my career. Like if I miss this one, that could be it. Um, so that, that didn't really take a toll on me, but I just remember when that was happening, I, I never really had a chance to really enjoy my time in the NFL because I was always worried about like, you know, am I still going to have a job tomorrow? Yet at the same time thinking, Oh, I'm going to have a, this really lengthy career. So I was always like, like in that battle. 
What's it like playing overseas compared to over here? Um, that was a lot of fun. The reason being, it, it was it, it, it was the NFL Europe, which is apparently coming back. I heard, but anyways, um, it, it was just NFL. Well, actually, NFL players like myself who had just got cut. So like we had like five players from the Jets, five players from the Chiefs. They are either just recently cut or they're like on on loaner, where they would you know go back to the Jets once they played. Um, over in Scotland. And so there were six teams at the time, Scotland, Amsterdam, uh, I believe uh, Frankfurt, um, Barcelona. And what was nice about it is like, you got to travel and it, 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 you just got to play because the guys who are playing just like love football, because if, if you're playing in this league, because the pay was so low, like you just wanted to play. So it was kind of, it was refreshing after a few years in the NFL to play in the league that reminded me a lot more like college, or I felt like I was just, just, just playing again for, for the love of the sport. Yeah. Uh, Sean, I know we're getting, I want to be respectful of your time here. I know we're getting a little short. So uh, I've been asking this one question, uh, some of the past episodes I've done, and I thought it was kind of fun. So uh, while we've been on the subject of sports and yoga and everything, but um, it's kind of like a would you rather question. But uh, if you could play for one fictional sports team, who would it be? Oh, fictional sports team. Yeah. So like, um, so, so is it, so is it actually a, a team, but like, <laughs> yeah i took it as just hey if it was any team you know hockey. oh so if i could play oh play for any oh gotcha yeah. gotcha gotcha oh does that one of those made up like you see in a movie or whatever i mean oh wow wow i've had a lot um, of on it and some of us oh i should have said that <laughs> you know it would probably be it'd probably be for the for the cleveland browns um and that was a team that i that i grew up rooting for and i can't believe that they still have yet to make like the Super Bowl. So I, you know, that was one thing that I, you know, when I went to uh, from college to NFL, I, I was no longer a Browns fan because now I just I just wanted a job, and so I lost my love for for the Cleveland Browns. But like to uh, play for them would be just like one time would be would be yeah, I guess that would be it. <laughs> yeah, I guess that makes sense, huh? Did you uh, did you ever get a chance? Uh... How far did you go? Did y'all ever get deep into the season? Did you ever get a playoff game? Or? No, no. So I was with um, most of these teams. The longest I was with any team was six months, and that was that was with the Colts. So it was just, uh, yeah, no playoffs for me. <laughs> How do you? Uh, are you still pulling for the Colts now, or who do you pull for? Now? You know, I I just I you know I, I root for the teams I played for, but like I'm not a diehard for anybody. I I just really? I I am yeah, completely like unattached emotionally, which is great. So I just like. Like we'll watch the games and I'm, I'm more interested now, not so much in teams, but I, 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 I'm interested like in the backstories of the players and just, uh, you know, that, 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 that part of the drama. I mean, um, yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm a huge pit football fan. And so I go to all their games and, nice. um, but, uh, yeah, for, for, for the NFL, just, I just watch and sit back and enjoy. I mean, one more question. You said your kids or you have four kids. I mean, are they showing any interest in, kicking some footballs around or yeah actually my oldest daughter was uh she was a punt passing kick champion nice um yeah yeah so she and she played uh college sports and uh my uh my youngest right now he uh he plays baseball so uh no football for him so to be honest with you i'm i'm i'm, I'm happy about i would it. say that's probably a good <laughs> way to go so it might take you pretty far but uh like i said i want to be respectful of your time um if anybody wants to find the book, find any more about it, anything about you, I mean, how do they do that? If you want to throw that out there right now. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. Thanks for asking. Yeah. My, my website's seanconley.net. Um, yeah. My book's on there. There's some uh, like, if you're interested in yoga or, or want to like 
get in, interested into it. There's all kinds of stuff, free classes on there, free uh, meditation as well. Um, yeah. SeanConley.net. Have you done any of the virtual like yoga stuff or? Yeah. I have virtual stuff. And, um, uh, I also have like a, like a podcast that's based on yoga and meditation. So like on the podcast, there's free meditation. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of ways they can get like some free videos and, and audio stuff from me. Great deal. I mean, all right. So anything else you want to say or promote or? Nah, that, that, that's good yeah hey, that, that works for me <laughs> and i appreciate you doing this man this was fun this was yeah thanks chris yeah this was fun okay. i appreciate Goodbye. your time yeah. very grateful we're out of here folks see ya be good to yourselves and all that good stuff